Okay. So. You have to read your speech. I'm just going to do this cold. No context. No. Ladies and gentlemen, now presenting okay. young good boy of the year, don't, don't Mr. Like Michael Muller. Hello, everyone. I want to start by saying congratulations to all the fellow recipients of the 2023 YPO Award. I'm honored to be here alongside of you. Um, I've been asked uh, to speak on the theme of engagement tonight and what it means to both the community and to myself. The one thing you should know about Louisville Ale Trail, and my business partners and I would be happy to be the first to tell you, is that Louisville Ale Trail has very little to do with beer. It's less about what's in the glass and more about what's happening around the glass. Oh, that's, that's good. The electrifying energy in the tap room. Like Maybe you're familiar with the term third spaces, places that aren't your job nor your house. They're meeting places. And I believe, and, and I've seen this for myself, the brewery tap rooms can act as communal hubs where individuals connect, share stories, and foster ideas. These tap rooms can evolve into platforms for civic engagement. A casual chat over a pint gives way to passionate discussions about community initiatives and contributions to Louisville, making this city an even better place to live. Wow, that's so true. As I said, we're not just here for the beer, we're here for the people, for the stories that each pint tells and for the amazing connections that form when people come together to enjoy a common passion. We create platforms for dialogue, collaboration, and shared experiences, and we help turn these gatherings into opportunities for community improvement. For example, we're helping Monarch Beer Company put on a Dog Days of Summer event on August 5th that will benefit the Kentucky Humane Society oh, by exchanging fun. photos of dogs on beer cans for donations. At the end of September, we're hosting an Oktoberfest event alongside Louisville Downtown Partnership and Against the Grain Brewery that will benefit Coalition for the Homeless. These events didn't just come about through some you know, structured ideation session or a corporate strategic planning meeting where those. generic charitable endeavors are often added to the agenda as another box to tick. They weren't born out of a SWOT analysis or decision, decision matrix. They were derived from casual conversations at tap rooms with employees and owners chatting about things we like and feel passionate about. I believe that many of us have seen firsthand how a simple happy hour can lead to discussions about local issues, how a brewery tour can turn into a fundraising event for a local charity, and how a bunch of beer nerds can become a powerful force for good in our community. I believe that's engagement at its finest and funnest. <laughs> And the ripple effect for these engagements on our community has been a thrilling journey to witness. There's something profoundly satisfying about being part of something bigger, contributing to the positive vibe of our city and watching our community grow stronger and more interconnected. So if you'll indulge me, I'd like to leave you with a paraphrase from a personal hero of mine. Barbie. Oh, Louisville can be anything. This notion extends beyond our individual abilities and speaks to our collective strength as a community. When we gather and engage, even a simple conversation can serve as a catalyst for powerful change. You can choose a tap room like I did, or you can find your own space. Regardless, let's continue to connect, engage, and develop however we choose, shaping Louisville into the best version of itself. Cheers. Yeah, so anyway, Michael won an award. That's great. I yeah, yeah, I like, like it. Yeah, That's awesome. I like it. I didn't know Chat GPT could write that one. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. hey. Did you just spoil Barbie for me? <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Kentucky Commons Radio Hour. I'm Michael Moeller, joined at Progress Homebrew Supply in Louisville, Kentucky by one David Satterley. Meow. John Ronane, fooling around with the cameras. And a special guest tonight, the field sales manager of Kentucky from Gravely Brewing Company, David Castillon. Hey there, everybody. 
David, thanks for joining us tonight. Very excited to be here. David, thanks for joining us tonight. Very excited to be here. David, thanks for joining tonight. Very excited. It's the other David I was talking about. Uh, we uh, we want to learn more about you, where you've been, what you're doing, where you want to go. Uh, but before we're going to start the show off uh, the same way that we always like to start the show off with a speech from Wipal Award that uh, apparently I give. Uh, no, we'd like to start off with a beer in hand that uh, I think David brought as a special treat for us to share. Yeah, I did. Uh, this is part of Monarch Beer Company's Classic Series. Um, as Michael mentioned, uh, they're great advocates for the community. Um, and one thing that they do that's really special in the beer realm is a lot right. of bottle conditioning. So John is very delicately very nice. uncorking uh, this corking cage, Noel, uh, which is their oh. lavender ginger triple. Uh, I figured like Christmas in July. Uh -huh. This is the 28th when we're filming this. So 26, actually. But it's a great beer. 9% straight up Belgian triple. Um, this yeast is built off of four generations of other Belgian beers before it becomes this one. Um, it's got a lot of good characteristics in it um, that you would expect. But shout out, buddy, for continuing mm -hmm. to make this beer. This has been a mainstay at Monarch. Everybody looks forward to it uh, in the winter season. Huge nose. As soon as I popped that cork, I started getting that lavender aroma off of there. And then just that nice little bright Belgian-y. It's a triple is the base, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. I and figured, what year did you say it was? This is uh, this is from 2022. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I figured this is probably something David hasn't had yet. Oh, there's some fruit additions to this? No. It's nice. nice. Fruity it's Belgian really, and lavender, really good nose. Ginger, lavender. Yeah, that's ginger, that's it. yeah. So they're, uh, yeah, I remember the first year they did this one. It was the same. Did they Is Noel the same every year? Yep. Okay. Yep. But this is bottle condition, you know, it's pungent for the smell. Um, really smooth, really oh, yeah. deceptive for 9%. Yeah, really warming. Nice to see a Cajun caged bottle. And perfect for like 99 degrees outside that it is here yeah. in Kentucky today. Well, it's Christmas in July. Cool down. It's a, yeah, you, you're right though. Cajun cork isn't a, a style that we get to see around too much anymore. Um, Monic is still cranking them out every so often, uh, but he's, but he likes to do it. Uh, we did a, a collab on some barley wine with Buddy, and you know we did some wax seals, and that was fun on those bombers. So the, these bottle condition expressions really do highlight the a lot of beers. You're like, I don't want to sit this around too long. I'll forget about it. These are meant to sit for a little while. So like I having mean, this since winter, I, I can tell it's dramatically different. Just in the the taste of ginger is more pronounced. I think uh, it's a little bit more. It's a little that, more like, candied ginger to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it, I find it very enjoyable. And I would say this beer is about in its prime. Like this is hitting pretty dang good. It's got a little bit of age on it. It's smoothed out the ABV. And like you said, everything's coming together. So it, more of these. These are great. Yeah, good job. So David, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got into the beer space. So I started beer. Okay, so a little bit about my beer history. Um, there was plenty of underage drinking uh, before uh, of craft beer. In Minecraft. Uh, kidding. Uh, it did, though. There was a family burger shop in Eagle Rock that uh, my buddy's parents owned called The the Bucket. Um, and we were allowed to drink uh, pint, uh, entire pitchers of stone porter uh, at a very young age. So that's my first introduction to craft beer. But my real first job was at Whole Foods. Uh, Whole Foods in Pasadena. Right. Uh, at that time, that store was one of the largest outside of their Texas flagship store. 
and was handed off this beer department by somebody that was really special and would go on to work later in the beer uh, world, Randy Clemens. He would go on to write uh, the Stone Brewing book with Mitch Steele and Greg Cook. So he was my manager, uh, and I was only 20 years old. Uh, he would have me taste beers behind the bar, made me spit them, made me tell made me tell people that I wasn't doing that behind the bar. Um, <laughs> but he would tell me, like, write notes. What does this remind you of? Uh, what, 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 what have you had from your mom that she's cooked that, you, that reminds you of this beer? So it set me off on this whole different journey when it came to beer. By the time I was 21, I was an encyclopedia of beer. Uh, so then I was handed off that beer department. That beer department was the largest beer department outside of their flagship store in Texas as well. Wow. Um, and that's when suppliers and distributors came knocking um, at that time. Um, Golden the, Road. What's the time frame here? Yeah, but how old This is you? like around 2009. So I'm 34. Um, and yeah, I've been in the beer game since 20 years old. Nice. Um, during that time, I'm pretty sure you guys have heard of the controversial brewery, uh, Golden Road. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So we were selling 80% of their product out of two, uh, uh, two Whole Foods, uh, Glendale and my store in Pasadena. So I was trying to ask for a raise uh, at Whole Foods, and it wasn't going to happen. $2 was apparently too much. Uh, so then I started asking the community, the beer community, I'm like, I'm ready to get out of Whole Foods. And they were like, want to come to distro uh we're gonna give you a car give you a salary adult salary and i was like are you kidding me a car and the expense account like let's let's rock and roll uh so i was uh tasked to open up the first the craft beer route in los angeles for the miller coors house so from downtown la to redondo beach uh was my my beat wow yeah and that's that was the beginning that's probably a lot of accounts a ton yeah um but it was also awesome just handpicking the accounts getting to know what retailers what bar owners were going to be the real people that are going to move craft beer forward in los angeles and i mean it was in its infancy completely what what uh, was hot at the time yeah at the time i mean there was eagle rock brewing um around that same time uh my brother-in-law was trying to build his blendery down in carson um beachwood was getting off the ground um yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's so much beer happening down in Los Angeles to give that timeline. It's so, yeah, it's insane. Um, but yeah, a lot going on. I mean, at that time frame, to be honest, actually, San Diego beer was the big beer. San Diego and San Francisco, which would essentially lead me to a different job after that um, in San Francisco. But yeah. yeah. So, so did I hear you that the Miller Coors distribution was distributing craft there as well? Yeah, so it was the first iteration of craft distribution in Los Angeles. So we had brands like Drake, uh, Drake's uh, in San Leandro, um, bootleggers out of Orange County. Um, Golden Road was fresh on the beat. Um, Golden so Road yeah. was fresh. Yeah, so we were basically just up against the stone brewing model, uh, the stone distribution model there. Um, we were basically the other guys. Mm-hmm. Um uh, yeah, it was great. Great time. Great time to be in beer. Great time to be 23 years old, uh, running around town, uh, all parts of L.A., just spreading the gospel of craft beer. Um, some places that are still, I don't know, still carrying the torch to this day. And then you eventually made your way up north to San Fran? So I stayed in I stayed in Los Angeles. But yes, I, I there was like a baseball trade situation that happened. <laughs> yeah, like uh, they were like, this guy's going to go work for New Belgium. He's going to go work against us. So like either keep him at anchor. He's going to make money for your distro. You guys know the guy. He's worked internally for you guys. So like what's the, what's holding it up? So it didn't. Nothing held it up. It was rock and roll. Um, so yeah, 26 years old, I started with Anchor Brewing. Wow. Yeah. What was that like? Did you kind of have an appreciation for the brand having been in the beer world for, you know, as long as you have been? 
That's like pretty much the most iconic American brewery, in my opinion. I mean, you said encyclopedia before you turned 21. Yeah. I mean, by the time you've actually been out and hit these like spots and understood kind of the culture around there, I mean, by 26, you, you're seasoned. Yeah. I mean, I think my first trip to Anchor Brewing was at 22, 23 years old. Um, a couple of buddies of mine had a task to hit up 15 breweries in five days in Northern California. <laughs> so that included everything from Sierra Nevada and Chico, uh, Anchor, uh, Lagunitas, uh, Racer, Fi uh, Bear Republic. Um, tremendous trip, one for the ages. I still I still think about that trip quite some t quite a bit. And I was going through the rolodex of pictures, rem trying to remind my history of in beer and. Yeah, it's really special that I got to go to that brewery uh, when I was a youngster and then ended up a couple years later working for them, working for that iconic brewery. Racer 5 is a throwback. Oh, man, it's classic. I yeah. think that's the first IPA I had that I was like, okay, I I'm never looking back. This is I'm an IPA guy. <laughs> awesome. And then at Anchor, what was your role? So at Anchor, I was responsible for the L.A. County market. Uh, so everything's Malibu down to San Clemente or Long Beach. Long Beach was a cutoff. Um, yeah, it was awesome, man. Uh, it was more about giving history lessons. Uh, this is during a time where beer was getting really hype. Uh, you know, it, touting around an old common beer was definitely not the hottest <laughs> beer to tout around in Los Angeles hey, at the you're, time. You're in good company. Yeah. So I think that was what made it special. Uh, I was just listening to a couple interviews with Fritz Maytag and I, it made me recall the times that I was working for that brewery. It, didn't feel like work. It was just giving the history of craft beer in America and something that's so like, like steam beer, so American. Uh, Fritz Maytag, that story, uh, that brewery, guys. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever taken a tour of that place, but I consider it the best tour in craft beer. It is multi-layered. Uh, the tanks are sideways. Uh, it's an old coffee roastery that shouldn't have been a brewery. The open fermenters are so special. The tanks are horizontal? Yeah, it's a cool ship style or whatever it is, right? The cool ships yeah. that they have there. So I used to give my own private tours of Anchor, uh, and I would encourage people to walk into the open the cool ships and scratch your head, leave a little <laughs> bit of your DNA in that beer. <laughs> um, yeah, it's super special. Um, a little saddened with the current yeah. news. Yeah. Well, since we have you here, we talk a lot on the Kentucky Commons Radio Hour podcast about the Kentucky Commons style. But if you've done it this many times, uh, could you give us like your you know sixty ninety second kind of history of the California Common? The California Common. Um, well, I, see, that's what's complicated, man. The 3060, like, I mean, with Fritz Maytag, like, what part do you, like, take out? What part do you leave in? Uh, I think it's, at one point there was all common beer all throughout the country before lagering was a thing. Um, but I actually like the story that Fritz tells where it's uh, the technology of Pilsner arrived to the States. So everybody was drinking Pilsner lager. Good good beer and their beer was called the uh, quick beer uh steam beer but they took that on as a badge of honor as like yeah it is steam beer it's made here in san francisco you can only find it here we're the last ones making it and at that point he, he was also the most foremost expert in beer and craft beer in brewing at the time in the country uh so yeah i don't know if that explains it John, sure. but you know it's just keep going yeah. keep going yeah. Well, I've heard two stories too about what steam beer actually means. And so you were saying it's referenced to quick. 
So steam beer itself. So the the story goes. There's there's like four different iterations of why it's called steam beer. But the one that I like the most, it's uh, during the nighttime would be the perfect time to cool down your wart. Uh, so they would send it up to your top floor in the cool ships and just watch the steam rise ah, up to the top of the huh. brewery, uh, and that hence steam beer. The other but ones then, that I heard were the steam engines were what they were using to start transporting it around the country. Steam and then steam jacketed like. Uh, Steam was used for everything. So it's like uh, steam powered. This was put before anything that was like a source of marketing. Um, So, yeah, there's several different. There's also a story that uh, they would have a hissing, a steam hissing type when you would bung, when you would tap that one in. Like, yeah, it was there's a whole. But at the end of the day, it's all just hot air. It's just hot air. Uh, (laughs) Nicely done. Nicely done. I actually thought of that like two weeks ago. We've been waiting to have you on the podcast. So, so yeah, thanks, guys. Um, so what what are your thoughts on what's currently happened or happening to um, Anchor? So, I mean, I, 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 got, I went through this once before when uh, the Sapporo company took over Anchor and uh, basically just dis- dis- dismantled the group, the core group that made Anchor what Anchor was, um, that iconic brewery that kind of always sat at the end of that tap list or at that bottle list. Uh, That was us kind of just being there, reminding people that, you know, there's something American here. Uh, But ask me that question again. Uh, Just what are your current thoughts on what's Um, happening right now or what did happen? um, Yeah, it's sad sad because it's uh, one of those places that I always thought I was just going to be there forever. Um, And I always thought I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll take people from Kentucky one day and like show them around the fermenters and, you know, get them to see Fritz Maytag's loft. Uh, and how he has his own shower up there, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, like now knowing that it's probably not going to be there, it's uh yeah, it's a tough pill to swallow. I, I got a little more emotional than I thought I was going to go. Uh, it was good. thought I was going to be, especially looking through all those pictures and all that time I spent working for them. It was, uh, yeah. Well, kind of like you say, you know, I think, you know, we, we you like the anchor Christmas beer and you would drink that one as kind of a regular thing. But, you know, I think a lot of people just weren't buying anchor like as much as they were, obviously. But what you said about it kind of being more of like a historical monument than it is necessarily even about to be at this point. That really resonates with me. And I do want to I think I, want, I don't know if this ever came anywhere, if you guys more know more or less than me, but the uh, employees was there a workers union there? Right, right, right. The, the workers union, I think, is trying to raise funds to basically get enough and then maybe like put some like social pressure on uh you know the owners and everything to give them a good deal to basically just buy assets of just the brew house to basically you know they could keep it going as a production brewery but they would change the business model to be more of like a museum and a historical place that still makes beer obviously but doesn't really worry about national distribution and xyz you know sales rates and whatever so we'll put a link to that in the show notes assuming that they're still doing that i think they are I made a note. I'm going to put it there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, but, hope, uh, I hope they come through with that. Um, yeah. It's, uh, I always said that Sapporo was not necessarily in the beer business. It's in the uh, real estate business. So pawning off a really great piece of land in San Francisco right yeah. now is, yeah, it's a little, yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a good goal. Yeah. Yeah. But it is like, it's, it's supposed to be like beloved. I mean, this is the last actual manufacturing company in San Francisco. So it's actually producing something. Um, I didn't know that. That's interesting. So it's like it's a point of rallying for me. I think, uh, you know, and for the pe- the people of San Francisco uh, in general. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm curious how this is all going to play out. This is interesting. I mean, I'm super stoked to have worked for them, and 
having gone all that experience and getting to see these movements that I think are coming to craft beer in general. I mean, we're seeing this, right? Like founders uh, or bells got picked up, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's coming. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like understanding that like it is that landmark, it's, it's not unlikely that someone else will step into those shoes, you know? So yeah, there was some, I'm not supposed to be talking about this, but yeah, there was supposed to, there was some uh, closed door conversations at Sierra that hopefully uh, will turn off, uh, turn up positive here for cool. the Anchor Brewing Company. Cool. I, th I think it's important to, like you said, as a historical monument landmark, there are so many people that are like, oh, no, I'm so sad Anchor's closing. And it's like, well, when was the last time you bought it? And yeah, they're like, totally well, it's, maybe it's been a while. And that's not to diminish the product or what it is because it's it's fantastic. But the, the saturation that is the beer market right now is just impossible to i can't go and i guess i could but if i go into the store every thursday and buy a six pack of anchor it's just, it's not realistic yeah um but again you hate to see these things fade away into ether because of changing market trends yeah and, changing you know, market trends. yeah yeah uh, yeah i think they took on they, they they took on a big bite over there at anchor um working when i worked with them it was quite an operation just seeing some of the salaries that were being handed out to certain marketing persons that weren't necessarily bringing any value to the company uh apologies mm. to whoever actually listens to this <laughs> podcast in california that worked in that team up you there. already know Sorry. you know um, but i gotta be honest man i think that that was that was part of like the writing on the wall like guys this is not self-sustainable uh because you're right, like yeah, nobody's picking up a daily six pack of Anchor Steam. But uh, the the hyper local, like the idea that I could fly out there yes, and dude, go yeah. to Anchor yes, is dude. extremely appealing. If I couldn't get it here, it's, and if there was a history and a story, it's beautiful, which is a huge regret, because I was in San Francisco two three months ago, Ooh. wanted to go there. It was on my list. It was on my short list. Didn't get to go. And you went to Russian River. And I went to Russian. You <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> I mean, you're the reason for Russian this, River, Michael. Yeah. Yeah. Get some Pliny. But seriously, guys, the brewery is just gorgeous. It's Skylines. Um, Fritz Maytag purposely built the offices around the brew house. So it just, it, it, I mean, every, the whole, every beer is whole cone hopped. It's it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I can't speak of it. Yeah. And the time that he was like building all that stuff too is a super cool time and just like American architectural styles. And like, it's, I mean, yeah, yeah. super art deco, deco right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that fits in perfectly with like, when San Francisco uh, was a lot of the buildings down there in that style, the stuff that made it through like the earthquakes and stuff. But yeah, uh, it, it would be a goddamn shame to see that get turned into like a Verizon superplex or some shit. Right. Yeah. And now you're in Kentucky. I'm in Kentucky. Yeah. There was a couple other beer jobs in between. Um, I worked for stone distribution down in LA. So worked for them uh, in the Venice beach area, which was really fun going out to Venice beach every day. is Selling a Keystone really light. Was that their main that was the oh, main yeah. product. Oh, geez. That was I a can't weird, remember. That was a moment. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um, so, yes, distributed for them. Uh, they also got some brass in there from Red Bull uh, to work for them, and they just started changing everything up as well. And I'm like, okay, I see the writing on the wall again. Uh, <laughs> time to step out. Um, and right around that time, thankfully, uh, Jack Dyer out of uh, Topa Topa in Ventura County was looking to expand the brewery down to Los Angeles County. And they needed a trustworthy dude to do it down in LA. So uh, I got the phone call um, and worked for them for about two, I want to say maybe three years. Um, 
great time working with them. Great brewery out of Ventura County. Good surfer, you know, hikey vibes, like that whole, you know, outdoorsy, surfy vibes. Uh, great beer. Uh, all those brewers were born out of the whole uh, stone brewing uh, class. Uh, so, yeah, great beer. Uh, they're still doing great in Los Angeles. So glad I left them in good, good place. And then what was it like coming to Kentucky? What was your first uh, job when you came here? And what timeline was that on? So and what brought you here? This yeah. is, so what brought me out here was we were traveling out here to Kentucky prior to the pandemic. Uh, and we were having a blast every time we were coming out of Louisville. And we were noticing how Louisville was just growing in this awesome direction. Uh, so once we COVID hit, we were like, okay, let's try to find a house uh, in California. And that's not a thing. <laughs> That's not, um, a, that's not a thing. Uh, it's not a thing at all. There was houses with literally no doors on a restroom uh, for $800,000. So we were like, okay, this has got to change. It's a bargain. Yeah. <laughs> Steel, really. Yeah. You're in Highland Park. Um, so yeah, we bought a house out here. But before that, uh, rumor got around in Los Angeles that I was moving to Kentucky. And uh, this Kyle, Kyle out of the Sunset Beer Company, that's no longer there because LA is whack. Uh, they, uh, he found out I was moving to Kentucky and he's like, you know, my sister owns a brewery out there, right? Oh, and nice. Like, what? And I'm like, okay. Uh, so then I sat down, had a power cord West Coast IPA that was brewed by Nick. And I was like, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. So uh, yeah, Nathaniel uh, offered uh, a job to me to do the sales job uh, here for the state of Kentucky. And it's been a blast ever since, man. Uh, getting to explore every crevice of uh, Kentucky has been pretty fun, man. So Ingrid. Nick is your sister? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I got it, My yeah. bearded <laughs> sister. Oh, shucks. Oh, shucks. I'll, I'll say I, I was a little confused on that. But it's... No, man, I'm really stoked for Nick. Uh, Nick is actually why I'm really stoked to work for that brewery, man. Um, I mean, his... Uh, his passion for the German style brewing is awesome. It really kind of just resonates for every other style. So make my hazy a little bit lighter, drinkable, uh, you know, keep pumping out a dark check lager because that's dope. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And also, I'm like, my palate's changed since moving here, guys. This has been the best thing about moving to Kentucky is like I drink now with the seasons. Uh, love oh. looking forward to a Dunkelweiss. Yeah, man. preach. Like really looking forward to that. Well, growing up on uh, pitchers of porter, you know, you have to have the, the time in your in your, your season for that. I, I was concerned that you kept drinking after pitchers of stone <laughs> porter. You're like, this is what I want to do. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> well, we were talking about how good Gravely's beers are. Do you want to uh, crack yeah, a little bit of the some of the stuff we brought? So, yeah, this is going to be my first time having uh, this batch. Actually, guys, I'm really proud of this. So uh, last year, Oompa was still being made at Taft's. Um, now every single drop of beer uh, from Gravely is being produced in the great city of Louisville. Um, so, and it's super fresh. This was just canned by the boys last week. So, Oompa's your uh, Oktoberfest. Um, this is the first Oktoberfest I've had of the year. I'll tell you guys. Yep. Yeah. I was wondering uh, who was going to be first. I know. I saw so. uh, Rheingeist in the f cooler over at Liquor World for the first time today. That was the first one I'd seen. This is the first one I'll be drinking. Against the Grains is out too. Is really? It? So that's yeah, why yeah. that's why I did it. We we did a planning where like we got to keep up with the big boys, dude. Like they're putting out their beers like way early. I um, asked and I, I I asked. I was like, why why are you doing this? Like it's not even September yet, and they're like, this is when the the big guys do it. So this is what we're following. Bruh, Anchor Christmas Ale used to get brewed like now. Mm -hmm. Like so, yeah, I'm used to this. So I'm like, I'm bringing it out just because we need more exposure. Uh, to Nick is super talented. This is a great, just a great, you know, beer. I, I need people to try this. Well, you're gonna start seeing Christmas stuff on the shelves in like six weeks. <laughs> so you might as well get your Oktoberfest out now. 
No, it makes sense. I mean, because the the average consumer, even if it's in November, they see an Oktoberfest and they're just like, that can't be good anymore. And no, it's going to be fine. But like their their minds already on to something else. I just don't want them to reach out for that Sam Adams when they have a local option. So that's that's my whole point here is like, let's put up the Kentucky beer next to every single one of these big boys. And trust me, we're going to get a little bit more action than they are because they want something local and mm-hmm. fresh. Well, you're, it's an excellent beer. So just obviously to me, it drinks. Uh, what is this? this is a higher five point or 5.8% ABV. We did a blind. I was about to say, yeah, yeah. go for it. Go, I think we, go I think ahead, we rated uh, Gravely's pretty high. Like we tasted, uh, there was, we did a blind tasting of Oktoberfest. You remember when like the memes were like people would do like a bo- box with like straws yeah. shoved through the top. So we did that with a whole bunch of Oktoberfests. Uh, viewers and listeners can go back and maybe you'll you'll be able to remember quicker than we can. But I think we all really liked Gravely's blind. I think so too. Uh, there was two like rubber hoses and me and John were just drinking <laughs> yeah. out of both of them. Yeah. Like a lady in the tramp style. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very rapid <laughs> succession. And then meanwhile, they'd also get like bubbles of air into their <laughs> stomach. <laughs> right. yeah, there was That's a lot of burping. That was tough. Tough pod to listen you know, to. Uh, this is it's rare that I remember a, how a beer tasted, especially like a year ago, uh, but I can say that this is better. Than oh yeah, dude. 100%. It's, it's very light. It's, it's very, very light. Yeah. It's got yeah. that Munich little mm-hmm. touch in it, but it's not a bite. It drinks almost like a fest beer, but it has like the the ABV of a proper Mars or Oktoberfest. So, yeah. And I, I love the description on this. Yeah. Oompa. Fun fact. It takes three cans of our fest beer to fill one German Stein. So go hoist one up. Prost. Good, good fact. So you, you got to get, you know couple steins filled with one six pack that's right and i've bought steins of this at gravely that's right yes because if you ask the bartender nice enough they'll be like oh yeah we do have steins oh yeah i always forget about that because then i i do the opposite i'm just like i just want a half pour yeah <laughs> which is by the way i'd love that about gravely because i can get pretty much any beer in any size that i want whether it's like a little sampler size or hey i just i just want like a little you know eight ounce pour great staff too shout out to the staff and did we, we talked about the caves when Nick was on, I think. But if you guys haven't been to Gravely, we're talking about the old, you know, traditions of brewing with uh, with Anchor and stuff like that. But if you go to Gravely, you'll see that they have the old like lagering or common beer aging or whatever caves that like you preserve. No you longer, no longer in use. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's like a museum piece. The historic Phoenix Brewery, I think it was. Yes. It was. Yeah, that's Phoenix the, Hill Brewing yeah, Phoenix Company. Hill. Yep. And I'm glad you brought that up, John, because I feel like that was like kind of also the like, like okay, I'm in the right spot, like another historic little spot. Like this is yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. What changes have you seen over at Gravely over the last year that you feel comfortable just talking about? Because I mean, they've they've always been great, but like I feel like they're on a different level now too it's it's great guys like uh, the team that we've assembled now with sean and will the cats. Um, it's 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 so great um yeah i went from andrew and nick and gotta be honest like when i first got there there was like some days at the brewery didn't smell like a brew house and now we are brewing every day that place is yeah it's great man it's good times good scene guys like out in louisville here it's it's good beer scene and still doing like all the you know like traditional Oktoberfest and stuff like that but like you said like power cord is freaking amazing just a great ipa you guys do a lot of you guys always have like a hazy the blood orange ipa is actually really good i always enjoy that one and then uh recently you're all's uh mambo italian pilsner we i think we've talked about that on the show before but like getting to like the little tall skinny like pint of that sitting on your all's porch like that that's a mood that i recommend still the best patio Oh yeah, best yeah. patio in town. One of us, yep. Yeah, yeah. I love bringing people from out of town to have some mambo and go up to that uh, patio upstairs, and it just always wins. 
Yeah, it's a great time. I love I love Louisville. I have made it my business to love Louisville. Uh, and so whenever anybody comes into town, like I know that they're going to probably love Louisville. But I know that and very aware that we have little weird intricacies like, oh, where'd you go to high school? And weird questions like that. So we're, when you first moved here, was did anything just like make you scratch your head? Like, what what, what did I miss? I don't know. It Actually, ain't LA. The people here have been more like intrigued. Like, what's what's going on with you, man? Like, how did you get here? So then it just ends up being a conversation <laughs> about myself most of the time, which whatever I invite it and you know, I can talk about myself all day. Uh, but no, I, yeah, people are people are terrific, man. Um, yeah. Were there any like uh, stereotypes of Kentucky that you had? We always we all, I'll give you my stereotypes of like West Coast people. Uh, lazy, you like to surf, you're uh, high or, you know, like blitzed out right, of your man. mind. What are the Kentucky stereotypes like out on the West Coast? Well, they were just like, so how many acres do you have? Uh, okay, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Are you like, do you have like a bar next to you like are, are you okay how much chicken are you eating <laughs> yeah, how many like, shoes like, are you how's wearing the fried chicken out there it's like that you guys are dumb uh <laughs> no but bringing anybody out from la out here though it's always a blast uh they love the big like the city small town feel uh but the best thing of all is the 10 minute trip to yeah. the airport yeah yes uh, or 10 minutes out. to anywhere anywhere yes, it's pretty awesome so we're, we're tossing around the idea for my 30th birthday to do the entire louisville ill trail in one day oh, no, you're no. tossing around this idea like yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have I'll, it. I'll, I'll be a part of that but uh <laughs> it's like how, how could you possibly manage it and i'm like well they're all like you get from j-town to downtown minutes away <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah it won't take any time from grew gravely. Up on the 405 like uh, the 405 was like uh, hour and 20 minutes home uh was kind Whoa. of a regular situation so yeah if i have to go from malibu to home it's uh it was brutal one of the things I've always uh, really appreciated about Louisville is uh, the access to Underberg. That is, we don't really get that in nice. other places. Nice segue, bud. Hey, thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you like that? Nice. Uh, what Did you uh, have an experience of Underberg before you moved here? I love Underberg. Yeah. Um, shout out to Walt's Bar in Eagle Rock, California for like really driving the Underberg home. Oh, actually, and my uh, shout out to Martin from Pivot. Uh, yeah. Also made Underberg a real staple at his uh, pizzeria down in Long Beach. Nice, and he'll probably do it again in his new place. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we shout uh, out to the Misfit Lou. Yeah. Uh, this is a, a regular part of our show is when we take a little bit of a bird break. We've had some good beers so far tonight, and before we continue, it's just nice to kind of settle the stomach for a second. Uh, do you have any fun facts about Underberg that you just know off the top of your head? They have the best that bullet belt. Is the greatest the, the, thing like, ever. You have the, a bandolier, don't the you? Bandolier, yeah. Yeah, oh, man, that's the great. Bergdelier, whatever. Lucky dude. How many? How many generations of excellence would you say they have? Tell me, please. At least five. Five, five yeah. generations of excellence. Uh, it's a the it's digestive digestive with herbs from forty three different countries. Uh, it's unwrapped with pleasure. You know, you, 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 you have you have you have a, a good meal, and you're just like, yeah, I'm, I'm into this. I just unwrapped mine. I'm pretty happy right yeah, now. The guys, pleasure I gotta is I'm not gonna like. I'm glad that the table is here. I'm just I'm just saying like I, I'm doing this like cleanse, and it's got clove and wormwood mm-hmm. in it, and also um, the thing that you give dogs to deworm them. <laughs> uh, but this this is much better. Cures this COVID. Is, yeah, this is, this is much better on my stomach. This is much better on my digestion. Yeah. You know. I love it. I mean, right. it's it's 175 years old. You didn't, you know it's going to be good. I mean, that's... that's I have a technique old. for drinking this. Do you guys? Please, uh, we, I please, think we all do, please. but share okay. yours. Yes. Right. I just like to do the slight tilt. Okay. Is it? Oh. A little... Oh. 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 Hmm. 
The real winners are at Knock Bar, though. At Knock Bar, they slap a little straw in there. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's ridiculous. It's like a weird Capri Sun or something like that. It's an adult Capri Sun. Um, thanks, I Hinderberg. I won't tell thanks, you my Andy. technique because I'm pretty sure I stole it from Michael. Is it the uh, butt chug technique? Uh, no. I was going to just okay. say that. Yeah. John stole it. No, yeah, what, sorry, what, I, sorry, what I do sorry. is... Um, <laughs> it's going to be more graphic. but I, I put it... I started doing this where I just kind of put it in my teeth. Boomderberg? Uh, yeah. But then I let it pool underneath my tongue first. So then I just take it all at once right afterwards. So it's, it's hitting like, hard. It's like a shot right after that. You, but, you exhale before you yeah, swallow. Yeah, There's a yeah. whole technique. You all yeah, some pours. I do mine. I want I want the chalice. So coming soon, we'll we'll do a chalice, uh chalice bird. Yeah, those are nice. I mean, yeah. You guys should get the outdoor patio, and that's how we should be podcasting on the Underberg patio. Ooh, okay. I like it. Ooh, I like having the idea of I like the idea of having a Underberg patio, like a patio <laughs> sponsored. Oh yeah, by there's Underberg. a patio set. There's like the chairs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sh- that would be amazing, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> the okay. Lounge. Yeah. yeah. Or driving around like in yeah. the bus, do a podcast the from the Underberg bus. That sounds fantastic. Uh, well, we'd also like to go ahead and do our next show and tell segment. I believe you've shared some some beers with us already from Gravely. Um, did David explain to you what this segment was? No. What do you mean? What, what? Did you? David. Oh, yeah. yeah. David. Uh, I'm supposed to show something that I like You're or love. You're right? name. We yeah. always ask our guests to bring two things to share, one of which is you know some beer or alcohol or something spirits related, because we know that's what you guys are all here for. But sometimes it's a fun way to get to know a guest, something, you know, because we all do beer all day, every day. Like, But you have to have some other passion. So you have to have some other things that kind of are against that or round you out as a human being. Oh. Otherwise, you end up, you know. Totally. And I, am, I apologize for not being able to bring a, a separate beer. I'm a big aficionado of, uh, I mean, I'm sounding like a douchebag, but like I love Lambics. Um, would have loved to have brought one of my Lambics <laughs> from my cellar, but that's still in California. <laughs> I would have brought oh, one. Oh, nice. Yeah, my we like Lambics parents too. are the only ones I have a basement in Los Angeles, so uh, I'm still selling a lot of Cantillon. So what you're there. telling me is you have a beer collection in your parents' basement. Yes. Fuck yeah, dude. Let's go. <laughs> that's your yeah. peak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but what I brought to show and tell today was uh, a, a program uh, from the Speed Museum. Shout out to Dean Otto at the Speed Museum for curating such an awesome program over there. Um, coming from Los Angeles, I'm a big film guy. Um, love going to movies. Uh, used to go to Quentin Tarantino's movie theater to see a lot of the premieres there on on film. Um, but really, just um, we're so fortunate to have the Speed Museum in, in Louisville. Like uh, Dean Otto just does a terrific job programming the place. Uh, just got to watch a documentary last week uh, on Max Roach. Uh, not a I don't know much about jazz but man that that just blew me away uh and just very stoked that I feel like this is bubbling here the film industry um oh yeah they're having fl- flyover film festivals coming up soon um there's like four movies being filmed yeah. so to to, to yes. that point there's there's a reason for that and not it's it's city funding but uh I can kind of put all this on one singular person in town her name's Susie Eastman yes I follow uh, her on Facebook Susie's she's awesome. Susie's amazing she's kind of the ambassador uh, you know d- director of uh, film 502 which is a nonprofit uh, whose entire mission is to bring film to Louisville and to um, promote the film industry within Louisville so we have all these movies coming into town that's due to different tax breaks that are now available for the films and for the producers who want to film here. Uh, and yes, I, as you said, this, this is now like bustling and we're about to see it really take off. Yeah. I think there was like a couple around 6,000 people working on productions here in Louisville uh, proper. And 
love for those people to just continue to keep working and add more jobs. Uh, it'd be awesome. Yeah. And Michael yeah. was one of them. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, you know, shout out, shout out to background extras. You know, they really? uh, they're, they're important parts of the of the film. Uh, a lot. All right, of, what movie were you in, Michael? Uh, uh, I was not in any movie yet. It's uh, going to be Queen of the Ring, uh, the Millie story. One of the one of the, you know the premier female wrestlers of her time. Mm. Uh, I filmed a little small scene at the Conrad Caldwell Hulse in, in nice. Louisville. I got to dress up in a three piece suit and I got to stand next to a pool table as some women were hustling this man. And as she sunk in the final, you know, eight ball, I had to just react. So you can find Michael's IMDb page. Yes. Uh, well, I'll go give him five stars. I'm going to start his wiki page. Uh, but not to derail <laughs> that, uh, I just want to say, yes, film in, in Louisville is taking off. And, and shout out to Susie. We'd love to have you on the podcast. We've talked about it before. Hopefully we can make that happen soon. Tell us about that experience, though. Uh, just to be honest, it's just not the one singular experience. It's just every experience that I have there. Uh, it, it's seriously just the best programming in town. Uh, we are in need of an art house uh, in town, but right now the speed is fulfilling that 100%. Um, would love a movie to play not at 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. on a Friday, but you know we got to take what we can get. Um, and I think this is great. This is uh, I love it. I love where we're going here in Louisville. Louisville's uh, the place to be. And for people listening too, I think it's still free Sunday at Speed, right? It's free on Sundays. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, you, you to, wait. thanks to Brown Foreman. Brown yeah. Foreman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. Way to go, Brown Foreman. Yeah. Uh, I think you still have to pay for certain exhibits, maybe that, you know, the, the screenings as well. But otherwise, if you haven't been to the Speed Museum or if you haven't been in a while, go. Oh, like, they did like a whole like multi million dollar, like, because that last, I mean, everybody, if you're like me, the last time you were there was like when you were in high school and you went on a class trip. And if you have not, I'm not like you. Uh, you've, oh, you're fancy. <laughs> oh, I went there okay. last month. Yeah, I've been say. there in the past two months. It's their their installations are phenomenal. Um, just you, I could go back again and look at the same thing, you know, and kind of have different perspective on it. Um, and it's multi floored, multi tiered. Uh, as Michael mentioned, there are exhibits that travel. Um, it does cost a little bit, but you know, you're donating to the continuation of this excellent product. Yeah, and we since this like Dean Autos had started the programming there. There's also we now have a writer at the Leo, also writing for film uh, reviews, which is great. I'm blanking out on her name. That's bumming me out, but Eric shout out to her. She's great. Rucker. No, not sure, but she's awesome too. Uh, which is just bringing a lot more attention, and I can't wait for that studio to get built out here too. It's going to bring more of that action out here. Yeah, they uh, they're turning the Louisville Gardens into right. a film stage uh, and sound stage and productions. Like they're they're doing everything that you need to run a film costume like like areas. Like they are putting this all into the old Louisville Gardens, which is where you know. Like the Rolling Stones used to play, I think, one time. And like right. they used to have, uh, you know, Muhammad Ali box there. And it's been just sitting vacant for decades at this point. And they're about to turn, put a bunch of money into it and create something really special for, for all of us. Exciting place to be. Um, I also uh, have a oh, little no. gift. For I've you been all. really scared about this. All no, day, no, no, honestly. no. This is good. This is good. Now, I, I, I will admit um, this this gift is uh, from me to Louisville Ale Trail. Uh which also just means for me to John and David, I was not expecting to be here tonight. So I was just going to like, I expected just for you all to open this Thanks, on your Ted own. Kaczynski. And then um, <laughs> that's a terrible joke. Yeah. Well, sorry. <laughs> Yikes. Um, we'll edit that in post. I don't think, I don't think I really know who's, who knows who that is. Yeah. I don't need to. Yeah. No, sorry. Don't. I just need to know that this, this gift. Yeah. So I was expecting just to watch your reactions on the podcast later. I'm happy to be here in <laughs> That's person. It's a terrible joke now, especially with you saying that. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I take it back. So, um, 
yeah, I'll let I'll let David do the honors of of opening that up. Um, Don't shake it. Yeah. <laughs> do Do you like the the painter's tape as, uh-huh. as it's my? Good. It's my classy. Yeah. It's classy. Yeah. It's very Art Deco. Yeah, yeah totally, no, totally, definitely not. Totally, yeah. I don't know what this is. I'm seeing like the blue cro- cross oh. of the Illuminati. <laughs> I see. It's in like a liquor bottle shaped box or a beer. Uh, it's a. <laughs> Walk us through your experience, David. I do know what this is. Uh, this is a box that is black and it has black writing all over it. And it says, You crushed it. Mm, you bought the fucking uh, from thing. From the CBMA, presented by the Bev Pros, Craft Beer Marketing Awards. We got our motherfucking crushy. Nice. When you win a marketing award, it's a marketing ploy to get you to buy an award. <laughs> oh. This is kind of the lesson that we've learned. Oh, That's how a lot of things little work. Little hand yeah. holding a cool, tiny though. beer. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. This is fantastic. It's got little like beer tattoos all over the arm. Is that going to grace the? It is just yeah, now? Be, uh, of course. It's just well, absolutely yeah. murdering the can and its hand. Uh, its hand isn't much bigger than mine, but I do, I do appreciate it. <laughs> You've got big hands. Now, this is <laughs> this is for the Platinum Award that we got, which was a global, global award. award in the best, best beer, beer trail. Best beer trail category. In the world. In guys. the world. That's what we won guys, back during huge. CBC. Uh, and I, I we, we went through the process. I could not just stand back and not have the hardware that accompanied yes. that moment. And I guess what? Have. You can take the base off and it becomes a tap handle. I was about to say, Get yeah. Out of here. I, think, of I think it's right here. It's magnetic. Yeah. Just pull it. Or a toy for intimacy. <laughs> oh. Look at this. Okay, that's awesome. This is going on at tap right, handles. We got a kegerator back here. Awesome. We can have it live like in the. Uh, do you want to touch studio? my crushy? <laughs> <laughs> I do. Thank you. Whoa. I will say that the foam cutout is way funnier than yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the award itself. This is going to live here funny. now for every podcast. And I do around. like now appreciate Sam's joke, Sam Cruz's joke about calling it a fisty award. So yeah. that's, yeah. Yeah. Shout uh, out. Listen, at the end of the day, we won something really cool. I think we're, we should be proud of that. Uh, I don't, uh, you know, we, we could have just had the memory and gone with that, but I really wanted the hardware for it. So this was something I wanted to give to Little Oil Trail. That's, it's really good that you bought it because I was like two days away from buying it. So <laughs> like, tax write off. It is a tax write off, I think, right? I don't know. It's yeah, fantastic. Probably. I don't know we did win this out. award. We submitted for it. And uh, when you brought it up, me and John were like, oh, that's that's a thing. Yeah. And we're like, what, what's going to happen? What, what if we lose? So we're going to be crushed. <laughs> and now we are. And now we crushed it. And now we crushed it, crushed it on a platinum level. Nice. Uh, that, that award show was uh, equal parts hilarious and excellent. <laughs> Um, and I really love the that fact a, uh, that we did, we still won craft brewers conference down in Nashville. Yeah, it's like Nashville. It, it was at the same time as that. Yeah, do you guys want to give speeches? Yeah, I was gonna say now. Uh, give another, another, give another speech. John, do you want uh, to we would like to thank no other beer trails for entering this very. <laughs> hey, uh, no, no, no! I know for a fact yeah. that there were plenty. No, there was a second and a third and a fourth place yeah. winner. So we at least beat you're three people. Discounting the fact that uh, for those who don't know, I mean this this whole. Louisville Ale Trail was started with months and months of planning between the three of us. And uh, it, it took John learning illustrator skills and us gathering assets and figuring out how to talk and organize at the time, maybe 15 to 17 different businesses together to kind of explain this concept. What year was this? Uh, that would have been the planning stages started in 2019. 2019. 2019. Yeah. And then we actually officially launched in 2020, but only because thanks COVID COVID. We, we, I think we were almost ready to launch in 20 or in February, 2020. 
that would have been rushing it a little bit, but then we would have been fine. But kind of the the time away stalled it a little bit, and then when we finally lifted off in 2021, we not only had to add many more pages to the passport because despite COVID, Louisville continued to grow and operate breweries. Um, but yeah, I mean, all if you pick up one of these passports, it's literally hand designed by the three of us. I don't think we've ever plugged our passport on this podcast. Before. I don't think so either. We should do that. It took me. Oh, wait a second, so guys. Did you know that we're actually not? <laughs> but a, this wasn't a, a city or state or government funded thing. This is something we all sat down and argued about and yelled and at each other. Literally had yeah. no money. You, like, know, you know why we meet on podcasts on Wednesdays? Because we have our regular ale trail meeting on Wednesdays already. And so we yeah. spend time just like already here together. And we're like, well, we should start like recording some of these thoughts to like let off steam and have some fun media like projects and stories to tell. Makes sense. Good. Good deal. Yeah. So it's so been we, fun. We want to crush you. Explore Louisville one beer at a time. Uh, but I will say, yes, I, I, I am very thankful and grateful for the award. I have some private thoughts that I'm happy to share with the uh, competition organizers on how to conduct those types of awards in person at CBC. Uh, and we'll just leave it at that. Really? Sure. Oh, man. I, I hope, I hope you're listening. Cause I have thoughts. Otherwise, thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I believe there's some Louisville news though. Yeah. We're all over Louisville, this podcast. Um, but we do have a ton of cool events coming up. I mean, the, the fall is always the busy season. Um, but it is a busy season. I have no, yeah. All my weekends are booked up. Yeah, it's festival season, and luckily this year we're putting on like four of them. So we're talking a little bit about some of the things we're involved with. Um, as Michael mentioned in his uh, wonderful speech earlier, uh, we what we what we call it wonderful? I thought it was good. I thought it was good. Uh, wonderful. I think it was good. Just kidding, Michael. Uh, sure about that? Yeah, sure, sure about that. that. I'm trying to do some Larry David. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but we are uh, co-hosting and uh, organizing an event with Monarch Beer Company uh, that's going to benefit Kentucky Humane Society. Um, we had this idea, like Michael mentioned, over a couple of beers of like, hey, what if we put pictures of dogs on a beer label and everybody loves their dog? So what we did Jeez. was we semi auctioned off spaces on a beer can at a set price of like 100 bucks. And was like, hey, if you donate to Humane, we'll draft your dog picture onto a beer can, make it mosaic style. We'll wrap that up and then we'll debut it at this Dog Days of Summer event. That is August August 5th. 5th. So, yeah, coming yeah. up right around the corner. Um, I also was a little bit worried because we had had conversations about, OK, people are going to be sending us like potato phone, like pictures of their dogs. Everybody crushed it. So if you guys participated in Dog Days, you're all cinematography skills with your dogs. A plus. Yeah, all the pictures we got were adorable. It went together like uh, kismet, and I'm we saw the proofs of the label. Well, we saw the pictures of the actual delivered label today or yesterday. They look awesome. Yeah, and we were able to raise just on the label alone, uh, minus cost, I guess, but around you know eighteen hundred dollars for Humane, and then Monic's going to donate a portion of their sales back from everything you buy that day. So we hope to give a big old fat check to Kentucky Humane Society. They'll be out there with dogs as well to adopt. Um, it is. Maybe going to be hot, but starting early in the afternoon. Well, it's a dog so. day of summer. Yeah. yeah. Come out. And yeah, there, we have different competitions going on, I believe. Like maybe there's a dog dress. show. Waggiest tail. Uh, yeah. we, we did one year dog that looks like most like their owner, like the best in show thing. That was fun. Shout out John Cates and his dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He doesn't listen to this show. It's fine. Yeah. So come hang out. Uh, it's going to be really, really fun. It's an event that happened pre COVID. It hasn't happened for a few years. So 
coming back strong. And if, yeah, if you buy the beer with the label on it, that also goes back to Humane. Mm-hmm. And then next year, get in a little earlier, mm-hmm. get your dog on that beer label. Yeah. Or maybe we'll do more. I don't know. But it's a great fundraiser. Uh, all in all, it's like a $1,800 beer label. So that may be the most expensive <laughs> beer label in the world. <laughs> Probably is. Uh, and then something else coming up that I mentioned earlier, hinted at earlier, was the Steins on Main Oktoberfest event, September 30th. Uh, in partnership with Lowell Downtown Partnership and Against the Grain Brewery, uh, we will be at the repurposed lot for an SB11 style event where it's open to the public, uh, kind of like a street festival kind of gig where you just walk in. Uh, if you want to buy a beer from a brewery, you're welcome to do so. We'll have uh, entertainment music, hopefully, you know, German games, MCs. I've got a giant stump in my yard that you guys have told me not to get rid of for like three months now. It's trying to grow back into a tree, but I'm going to do some hammer schlagen. Although, can we call it hammer schlagen? Wasn't there a wasn't there a trademark issue with hammer schlagen like uh, two years ago? Bergen schlagen. Underberg schlagen. Let's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Bergschlagen. Bergenschlagen. There'll be pretzels, food, etc. Gravely will be there. We will. You'll be serving up Oompa. This is delicious. It might be a little cask action need to talk to nick about that i'm sorry nick i would love yeah you're speaking my language anybody ever tries to like know my love language it's cask ale and whenever i try to talk to anybody about it they're like oh cask ale stupid like you're stupid it's fine it's fresh yeah just it needs to be fresh let's see that's the issue yeah yeah pop some spigots that day though Pop some spigots. It's also going on in louisville uh same day as dog day right it's august august 5th is the hops on the hill at mile wide they have that beautiful outdoor space um it's a parking lot that there's is on the top of so it is on a hill <laughs> well you know it's, it's still be, beauty it's in the a, eye of the ball that was my first beer fest <laughs> all right it's year. beautiful it's when there's a lot, lot of collab beers being released on that day uh so if you guys haven't checked that one out uh you you know the collaboration partners don't you there's a few they they pick uh several each year uh this year notably dissolver uh and i'm not going to remember street the side street side so there's one from Northern Kentucky, one from Asheville, and then uh, St. Louis. Oh yes, uh, four hands. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Good call. Uh, so yeah, they've regionally sourced different collabs to be out that day. They'll be there pouring a little bit of their beer, uh, but mostly the festival beer. It's a great time. The mm-hmm. whole day is just one big party, um, and it goes on way through the night. Um, pace yourself, uh, but. So they, come hang out with dogs and then do your like after party at Hops on the Hill. Do your after party. Yeah. Uh, we're we're no strangers to going to Hops on the Hill after another f- festival. Uh yeah. you know, previously <laughs> last year, uh, last two years, uh Fraser Beer Festival was on the same day as Mile Wide Hops on the Hill. So we would go work the Fraser Beer Festival and then go to Mile Wide. And it was a fun filled day of beer. Uh this year, uh attendees going to Fraser Beer Festival won't have that issue. Uh it's a little bit earlier in the week, and actually by the time this podcast comes out. Uh, it will have already happened. So uh, just cheers and good vibes to Fraser Beer Festival. Hope you all have fun um, and, uh, you know, enjoy. Yeah. Beer Festival downtown is always always a good call. It's a good one last year. Yeah. Talk to me about Bourbon and Beyond. Bourbon and Beyond and Modern Life are going are now marketed as eight days of summer fun, which is an understatement because the amount of shows you can see in those eight days could encompass a lifetime of acts. <laughs> um, Bourbon and Beyond in particular, Michael's holding the car yeah, here, I mean, but uh, there, there's a 
gamut of people from uh, yeah, all the last 30, 40 years. Yeah, hosted right outside the Kentucky Expo Center at the Highland Festival Grounds, uh, September 14th through the 17th. That's four days right there of music festivals. And I'm not saying like, there's no, no offense to like, just like local music festivals, but these are some heavy hitting names. Yeah. First night alone. Here are the headliners. Brandy Carlisle. Oh, shit. Billy Strings. Yep. Train. Mm-hmm. Friday, The Killers. Yep. Duran Duran. Ooh. Hozier. Saturday, Black Keys. Yeah. Black Crows. Yep. Ooh. Avid Brothers. Sunday, Bruno Mars. Blondie. Uh, I don't know these other people, but, <laughs> but they're going to yeah, be yeah. great. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm most excited for Brandy Carlisle. David and I were talking about that a second yeah. ago. It's um, that I was the show last year. Isn't Spoon coming? Yeah. Spoon's awesome. Spoon's that's my there. like. That's my generation music jam. Yeah, uh, I mean the Lone Bellow, um, Two Runner, um, the Twisted Pine, Old Crow Medicine Show. Cause yeah, Old always, Crow, Old Crow, Billy Strings there. and Avery Brothers. That would be a ticket for me. It also runs so well, by the way. It's yeah. run really well. It's a great yeah. festival, and like truly, like I'm not. I love music. I love live music, but I'm not like somebody that like lives and dies by going to music festivals. This is one that I believe that everybody from any you know interest in music would enjoy and should travel to Louisville for. And there's a lot of other good stuff to do there because they always have, I mean, obviously there's a lot of bourbon to drink and there's like cocktails. The and activations yeah. on the bourbon yes, side they of have are fantastic. The, there's like a whole like tent village right. of each distillery. They all have their little like, I want to say maybe like 20 by 10 or 20 by 20 space and they can build that into their own unique experiences. With yeah. air conditioning. Yeah. It's yeah, pretty yeah, awesome. You go escape there. It's great. <laughs> but then you also have panels too from different right. culinary artists. Uh, some and food. Of, some spirit producers. They're there up on talking on a different stage saying, you know, hey, this is a collab that we did as two distilleries and you don't always get to hear about those stories that much. It's very prevalent in the beer scene but when distilleries talk about it it's a little more eye-opening so i'm really excited for that and continuing our series of announcing our Louisville beer week 2023 yes. collaboration partners uh every year we do uh challenge the Louisville breweries to a random draw collaboration beer that will be released in october uh, this year's Louisville Beer Week is going to be October 20th through the 27th, so go ahead and jot that down on your calendars. Um, but we've been releasing them one by one, and since we have David on the show tonight, I figured we would announce uh, this year's collaboration with Gravely is going to be with Hometown Brewing Company. Whoop, That's whoop. right, y'all. Yep. I'm excited for that. Putting Pete's on the mash. I'm kidding. Uh, I hope <laughs> okay, you're not, because okay. I'm here for it. Okay, I don't brew. And the, the theme of Louisville Beer Week this year, we're calling it uh, Around the World in Eight Days. And the idea is to not only have these brewery collaboration pairings, um, but for all of the brewery partners to partner with a local uh, restaurant that specializes in either like immigrant owned or like international based food. Because in addition to a great beer scene, Louisville also has an amazing food scene. Um, a lot of that's kind of like, you know, Southern comfort food, stuff like that. But a lot of food in Louisville that is amazing is from our immigrant community. So the goal is to have a lot of different beers with a lot of different restaurant partners that literally can give you a taste of every different culture around the world all here at home. And that could be taken in so many different ways, whether it's a you know true quote unquote collab between the restaurant and the brewery, or maybe it's the brewery inspired by a particular dish that one of their, you know, maybe the brewer goes to lunch here twice a week. Uh, or maybe it's a, hey, we're going to do a collab on this beer. And then if you have 
the ability to serve alcohol at your restaurant. We'll do like a beer pairing and dinner, whatever, whatever you want to do as a brewer in Louisville. This is that's something that we just want to encourage you all to do because uh, it's going to be fun. And David, you haven't been here long, but I've been like stalking you on your nice. global food journey <laughs> of Louisville. And yeah, especially yeah, yeah, yeah. like when you went to El Moqueate. Oh, that, that yeah, that, that rib dish was great. You found it? Oh yeah, it was delicious. <laughs> it's fantastic. It was the closest thing to my mom's version of that dish. It was great. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Any other uh, good comfort home food or any other like international food or favorite restaurants in Louisville you've found since you've been here? I now have this like craving for ramen house, even yeah. when it's in like ninety something degrees. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can go for that it all still the time. Hits. Yeah, yeah, it slaps. <laughs> uh, Mid City Mall, uh, right by the uh, theater or whatnot. Yeah, ramen house is. Fan testique. Yeah. Also, Stephen and Stevens, man. Oh, man. Yeah. It's like almost the closest thing to a New York style Just, deli, yes. I would say. And it's so that's right behind Ditto's for people who don't know. You see Ditto's when you drive down Bardstown Road, but Stevens and Stevens is the blood of that building. That place is freaking awesome. Also, that Smashburg had toasties, y'all. Like, it's just. It's a thing. It's pretty good. Totally a thing. What I just put in front of you is a global dining passport that we worked with the city on what? last year. Oh, that's more uh, local news we can dude, announce. Thank you for this. Uh, maybe. Yeah. That got approved today. I got the email. Get out of here. This, so this is yet. fresh? Uh, um, so, yeah. so that is a physical print that we made about a year ago. Last summer, we released it uh, specifically for World Fest on the Belvedere. Mm-hmm. Uh, the city, uh, the specifically the then Office of Globalization. Now Immigrant uh, Affairs, I think. I think, yeah, okay. they changed the name. They were just like, hey, we want, you've done such a good job highlighting beer. We also want you to highlight the food scene in a similar way. Uh, and so we did that project. We picked 10, uh, 30 different restaurants, 10 different cuisines, three restaurants in each category, uh, just to highlight kind of the the best of Louisville. We didn't just pick one area. It's not like they were all in Nulu hanging out. Okay. They weren't all, all spread over the islands. It is all spread over Louisville. That, so there was a focus, too, on having not all of them because it's just about the cuisine, but we did want to put some emphasis on like immigrant-owned or like second-generation immigrant-owned businesses. Yeah. And all the good shit is not like where all the good breweries are. There's a lot of good shit in the like brewery district, yeah. but to get the really good stuff, you're going down to Southern Parkway or you're going out all like the a little way down, down to Front Creek or yeah. Right. Yeah. But we are lucky, man. We're lucky to have this like a whole enclave of immigrants that are like different from where I'm from. Uh, yeah. So like, like yeah. Senora Arepa is like, wow, those Arepas are, that's insane. Uh, great food. Uh, uh, not to mention the Cuban community here. I've yes, never seen fantastic. a larger Cuban community. Shout out to uh, Sweet Havana. Like, uh, that's, that's a good bakery. Yeah. Uh, there, I mean, the, the very first place when we first launched this project, I was like, all right, I need to go to this this restaurant to get some photos, get more in, information on who they are and what they do. Was uh, is literally the only name it had was Cuban Restaurant and Bakery. <laughs> I love that. By Number way. four, <laughs> and it was way down, you know, Preston Highway. Walked in, ordered the biggest meal of my life. We're probably like six bucks and ate there just happily like it was so good uh and i feel like so many people in louisville don't know about those places so that passport program um is now expanding into a digital format that i guess we can talk about it's official as of today he he texted but he emailed back and said uh our proposal is approved Cool. We're bringing all sorts of news. It's great. So, good, good pod. Yes, that physical book can soon be found online eventually in a map format, which means that it is a li- living and breathing uh, you know, experience. We can update as we see fit. We can um, add new restaurants as we are directed to. 
uh, it's going to be fun. We can expand this program, you know, tenfold. And I would say that was the other like main challenge of when we were putting all this together because we had to do it in a print book. So we, I think we had to limit it to like 30 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it, th- it was 30. But we had yeah. like a... Like a spreadsheet going of like, like a couple, like 150 or something. Yeah, the, the list was incredibly difficult to like yeah. whittle down. And then when we got here, I was like, all right, here's the plan. The plan is a bad plan, <laughs> but we're all just going to pick one or two or three. And then we're going to plot them on the map. And if they're not too close together, then we're going to keep going. So it, if you didn't say it already, we did 10 cuisines, yeah. three restaurants in each cuisine. Uh, and that's kind of how we structured it. But Broadly. as Michael mentioned, like this program going digital uh hopefully we can be able to highlight the as john mentioned like 100 plus restaurants in louisville that support this kind of economic like development in our food culture which is fantastic yeah yeah because i feel like there's a lot of like a lot of gems out here um but you need a like there needs to be a social platform but i know that like if you're a talented chef and running a business that's maybe social media is not your thing that's what because a lot of these places are literally just like family owned like it's like uh vietnam kitchen is a good example like it's the people who came over here uh, opened the restaurant i think it's now in second generation running and managing it but like they don't want they're not going to do a no, facebook page yeah. like no. they're not going to do like a website and, and i'll say this like kemandu is actually like a really mm-hmm. um like i will say like slightly upscale restaurant uh it's very nicely decorated it's very clean like you just like you were walking in you're just like oh wow i'm having a little date night or whatever to myself yeah. and you're just like <laughs> they don't i don't think they have a social media presence they don't have a website it's just something that they're doing out on the other end of bardstown road and they're just happy to be there and they've been doing it for a long time that's what i love i mean i've been to restaurants out here that like i've been to japan and there's restaurants out here in the middle of kentucky that'll just give you that whole blown experience like a to a couple from japan themselves they can hardly speak english and they have some of the best experiences they're driving up to northern kentucky to pick up fish from the from the hub and then bringing it down, and you're just having this experience. It's just out of out of this out of this planet, man. Like it's great. Like, Kentucky's awesome, man. <laughs> Fun right. fact: on the reverse side of that, uh, I believe in Osaka, um, there is a Kentucky-themed get the fuck restaurant out of in Japan. Here. And and really? by by Kentucky theme, I mean University of Kentucky theme. So even more than <laughs> Go that, that is <laughs> only, only in Japan, dude. Only in Japan would they be that. <laughs> so I was in the Golden Guy in Japan. They were like, hey. Uh, we overheard you're from LA. Uh, there's a bar that's an all LA bar. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? And then you walk in, there's just a bunch of douchebags. Like, yeah, they're all from LA. It's like, oh, it's kind of, it actually felt kind of like home. It was kind of good. It's kind of great. Like, what do you want, good bro? For the Japanese. Like, yeah, exactly. Want, I was like, where, where, where are you from? <laughs> that's yeah. amazing. It's great. All right. So I have one more piece of local news uh, that I'd like to share with this you guys. This is national news. Yeah, this is actually national news. Where you have your little taster nearby, Michael? Yes. All right. So taste first, ask questions later. Great. Uh, interesting. That's what's interesting. I'm always told Very. before something bad happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Precisely. I think that's how Malort was introduced. <laughs> yeah, that's a great. It was great. for me. By Nick, actually. Nick, really? Nick gave David his first shot of Malort during Nick? CBC. This is an anti-shout anti sh- anti out. Yeah. Nick. The stick, Felton? Really? Nick the stick, Felton walked over wow. to us after uh, a few beers and was like, hey, I bought you guys shots. And I was like, wow, <laughs> dude. That's like, we don't do shots. We drink beer. And he's like, yeah, but, but like, I don't really, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, the bartender didn't really like tell me what I got, but I know what I ordered. I'm not sure if it's just quite that. And I was like, that this sounds like i'm getting roofied like i don't like it (laughs) but then and and i i i detest malort like it's not 
it, it's like I I it's not good. I equivalent it to cigarettes where I'm like uh, everyone's like you should do this and I'm like no it's bad it's bad for you like you don't like this and everyone's like no but you should try it and I'm like no because then what if I like it then I'm a psychopath and I'm killing myself. Yeah. Um, anyhow, <laughs> he hands Michael and I these uh shots and i'm like okay and i kind of smell it and i'm like god this is like the, either the worst vodka in the entire world that i've ever smelled <laughs> that's a little slightly brown well, yeah and i was like what well it was dark to be fair and i look at michael who's had more many times and i was like what is this and he just kind of like raises it to his nose takes a little sniff and he's like yeah i don't know man <laughs> and I'm like, okay so i you know nick because i trust him you know at this point <laughs> and, and i'm like all right fine let's do this so we take we take a little shot and i'm like that that is the worst thing i've ever put in my mouth like if a rubber factory excreted <laughs> yeah, liquid started laughing put it in my mouth he's like yeah. ah it's my heart <laughs> like, <laughs> to me it just yeah. seems like burnt herbs like yeah. it's just like ugh. Yeah, Chicago's sewer water. A little death yeah. in there, yeah. Anyway, right. give this a little sip right, and then uh, sniff and sip. That's not what this is. Mm -mm. This mm. is, yeah. This That'd be hilarious. The number one winner of the National Homebrew Convention Pale Malty European Beer. Yep. Ooh. The number one uh, uh, Ooh, from gosh. the National Homebrew Competition. The number one, uh, this was, Did yeah, you just you repeat just it. exactly what I said? Well, I just wanted to make clear <laughs> that it's a big deal. Um, so the NHC is the National Homebrew Competition, and a lot of we we're here sitting in a homebrew shop. So there's a, a ton of great homebrewers in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, and the Kentucky region in general. Um, so goddamn shout out to Alex Ramirez. This great. is his. Uh, he calls it a fest beer. Right, so who is that? Alex uh, Rosmerski. What? Alex Rosmerski. Yeah, Rosmerski. Thank you. Great yeah. little malt expression um, on this thing. Yeah, that's that's unique. It's balanced. It's dry. It's clean. It's delicious, and it won first goddamn place. So and the Alex national homebrew competition. Alex lives in Louisville. He's a yeah 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 longtime homebrewer. Uh, excellent dude. Makes fantastic stuff. It not only makes good Oktoberfests, but makes excellent like IPAs, hazy IPAs porters you name it just a really 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 good brewer a really good dude and i'm super super happy that he won this uh it'll be published mm. in zymergy his recipe uh we have it in the stack over there now so we have alex's uh fest beer as one of the shop staples um it, it's really good and i'll also have to give a shout out to evan brill who won the third place in the national competition with his i think it was a, he did i think it was an american Pilsner or Blondale, but it won third in a uh, light American beer category. So, John, this homebrewing competition is it a national? What's the story on the homebrewing competition? So, national homebrew competition, I think, was started by Charlie Papazian oh, wow. um, back in like 19. So, it's all, so it's all the groups? Yeah. And so, uh, all the local homebrew clubs can submit, or any individual can submit, but you can also like plug your homebrew club or kind of submit as a club or whatever. Uh, I think they do a like a pro am uh, series as well, perhaps. Uh, but it, it's pretty much like the goddamn World Cup of of homebrew. And where's and Ram Ramirez? Uh, where, where's his entry from? Right here, right here at home. He just it's it, that's his. Home. He made this. He came in here. He bought the shit, and he went home and made it, and he won first place in the goddamn USA. So, so really, who, yeah. who won? Did Burgess Homebrew Supply win? Oh no, no, no. Yeah. Louisville wins, bro. Louisville. So okay. I, I, what, and even with his recipe, like in our stack or whatnot, it's not. You can attest to this as well, but it, nothing about the ingredients really matter that much. Nothing about the recipe really matters that much. You want to put focus on those things because if they're lacking, the beer is going to suffer. But it's all about the love and it's all about taking care of your yeast and it's all about making sure that everything's clean and everything's like paid attention to. Nothing is lacking in the there process. Are, 
yeah, I mean, you you could be staring at a you know at a homebrewer's journal or, or a professional brewer's journal, mm-hmm. and it's not like you're going to get any trade secrets right. out of there. Yeah. Like you're just going to see that hey, yeah, this is the recipe, and then you might brew it, and it's going to be a completely different beer because that's just how that works. Exactly. Oh, yeah. So big shout out, um, you, you done us proud. You nice. done us proud, Alex and Evan, nice. and all of the Louisville Loggers Club. Sweet. And because that's all I got. <laughs> because John said, "Shout out Louisville Loggers Club." Uh, David, there's a logger club. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, our local Humber club, Louisville Loggers. Uh, that'll be. It. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, local Humber club. They do Bruins around. They do meetings usually once a month. Uh, typically at Akasha, but they have a lot of other events and stuff that they do as well. Um, so yeah, what, look, and check out. What, what does loggers stand for, John? Louisville All Grain, Louisville Area Grain Extract. Research, research society that yeah. is bad yeah. ass there you go bad ass i thought it was just i was like oh, that is bad it's all like and then bad. there's fossils which is like i can't even remember the southern indiana fossils of southern uh, indiana southern indiana l l logger society i don't know uh, yeah <laughs> the maltese falcons <laughs> Ooh, that's, good. that's really good that's that. what yeah good. hey Shout that's good for Reese san francisco too because yeah, yeah. well, that was where that movie was right yeah comfrey, so, like, comfrey Bogart. so yeah we we actually that's amazing. Ho- we hosted them in the uh anchor uh tap room a few times because they won the competition so they were to uh, get a trip to anchor brewing and get to check out the whole place and drink. that's awesome yeah so the tour at anchor actually you could drink all you want after the tour Oh, it's pretty awesome. Sounds like a good tour. Yeah. Uh, we don't want to take up too much more of your time tonight. We really oh, thank you for coming on yeah. and chatting a little about. Uh, but do you have anything coming up that you'd like people to know about, whether it be, you know, gravely related or just David related? I mean, just looking forward to working with you guys this uh, this this season. Uh, Oktoberfest is my favorite thing since moving yeah. here. Um, October is my favorite month have now. Have been moving to here. the German American Club yet? It was because of you guys. Yeah. Um, I had my first pig knuckle there. <laughs> That was awesome. The schnitzel was no joke. Uh, yeah, I'm telling you guys, there's no such thing like that in L.A. Uh, so this is my first uh, or my second time going around for the October, and I'm excited for it. I'm going to do all the Oktoberfest things. Yeah. Heck yeah. David, what do you got to plug? Um, I will I will plug uh, the SAG Guild. Okay. Oh, nice sure. Done. Yeah. I, I've seen more movies in the last two months than I've seen in the last four years What's of my this? life, probably. Are we going to watch movies together now? Yeah, are we can. We can. I mean, we can Backs for Ebony's open. I, I can tell they you that the, the production quality of movies is getting tremendously, in my opinion, better. And you you can pay these fuckers. So <laughs> it wouldn't be it wouldn't be what it was without, you know, hundreds of people breaking their back to I think make the, this correct. So I it just, you know, come on, guys. Isn't the last time a strike like this happened, like, right in like the early 80s yeah it was so the last time that the both the actors and the writers striked at the same time was i think 1983 because film was moving to television and they like were like we need to renegotiate this shit because but that's kind of what's happening now and i think that's why it's yeah, come that, back yeah that's the, right that's that's where residuals came from You're yeah that, that does and so now it's like none of this stuff i mean there, everybody still goes to movie movie theaters but a lot of the revenue comes from when you put that shit on like Netflix or Amazon or like, but then they're also producing their own shows like Amazon and, you know, Netflix and they're not, they're not, they're buying shows that have already been produced. Also shout out to Louisville and showing for the people showing up to the movies uh, for Oppenheimer and Barbie. Like I, the, the, I can't find a ticket and I'm a big movie Ah, fan and I can't find a ticket. Uh, That makes me really happy Um, that Louisville showing up to the movie theater. That's a really big deal. Uh, 
real big deal for me at least. Yeah. We, I mean, we, yeah, we have a lot. I mean, we. I went to a theater uh, last week for uh, one of the Indiana Jones, the, the new Indiana Terrific. Jones, hmm? uh, and uh, I went to the Escape in Jeffersonville, which is a, mo- a theater that didn't even know existed. Great over there. programming at the Escape in Jeff in that area. Yeah. yeah, you can play laser tag. You can like uh, play bumper cars. You that's, can. I think that's main event. Oh, but I don't know uh, John, what do you got to plug? Uh, I don't know. I don't have anything. Uh, did I already plug possums? I think I did that a few weeks ago. I don't. What have I been doing this week? Been dainty. I'm just gonna plug PVC pipe and gold spray paint. Yeah, <laughs> dainty batting cage. Yeah, season. Looking forward to dainty. By I way. fought with that net today, like all day. All right, Muller so and I. Muller, what is, so, what is so, dainty? And- uh, it's a German street game. It's Hold apparently in the book East of Eden, which I never remembered. But in East of Eden, they play it. They call it like no Pitsy Sweet or something. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. Fucking, they don't call it Dainty. Got a fucking East of Eden tattoo. He's gonna fact right check now. that right now. We're fact checking uh, on the spot. It's a Schnitzelberg thing. It goes. It's the fifty third year. It's a tiny piece of a broom weaned down to a peen getting hit with another piece of a broom weaned down to a peen weaned S- to a peen yes <laughs> smacked down an alley <laughs> how old do you have to be to play though 45 45 Alrighty. yeah so i've been doing that I all week a- and it sucked up a tremendous amount of time um but it, it's it's worth it it's fun it's good and that's kind of that like louisville vibe it's John there's Holder? a lot of community stuff uh 38 i think right, so i'll be 38 some, next so you have some month. time yeah to figure oh, it out yeah 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 okay and once you figure it out, you'll teach me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I built a batting cage, so I've got like Get the. the uh, really? And I'm still fucking terrible at it. Like nobody can be good at it. It's all just s- smoke and mirrors. Yeah. Good luck to Dainty. I'm, you know, by the time this podcast comes out, it'll have already happened. One and done. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's uh, next Monday. Yep. All right. This upcoming Monday. I uh, missed it last year, so I can't miss it this one. No. You, yeah. Definitely go. It's ahead. the most fun you'll have on a Monday. <laughs> Ac- Monday. Accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Last last yeah. Monday in July every year. I'll finish my meeting with Nathaniel and head right over. Yep. Uh, on my end, yeah, we'll just keep it with the movie trend and just say uh, Barbenheimer. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw. I didn't. I didn't do the. I didn't do the double feature. I saw two of the movies in three days. Uh, I saw Barbie like three hours long. Yep. that's a long day. Barbie was just under two hours. Oppenheimer was just under three hours uh, before credits or, yeah, after credits. Um, I don't think I could have done it in one day. That would have been a hard ask. Uh, quick thoughts. Um, Oppenheimer is a fantastic film. Uh, everything about it was damn near perfect. I probably won't be watching it again anytime soon. Barbie was fun. That has rewatchability. It was just funny, and there were strong moments. Uh, if you, I don't know spoilers, no spoilers. Uh, I was just say like, yeah. So if you're if you were a, a you know if you're a female or a mother or a daughter, like you're going to, um, you're going to connect to the film more so than. I did, but at the same time, it is totally possible for for a guy to walk in there and appreciate what is happening on the screen. I watched it by myself. Not me, bro. Yeah. I love that this beer podcast and now turn into a movie podcast. <laughs> nice. I would love to do Mission. Movie. I would have time. It's a movie podcast. We spent like Mission 20 complete. minutes or 30 minutes or 40 minutes. I'll do a movie podcast. Mission complete. We yeah. already have the microphones. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, everybody, welcome first. to Kentucky. Yeah, all right. We're starting a new podcast. <laughs> 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 oh, uh, Kentucky Fried Movie Hour uh, or whatever. But no, yeah. I, was, I was so impressed by both Kentucky movies. Kentucky and the fact that they, John, let's go. The fact that they both kind of came together and did the joint marketing program to say, hey, this is going to be fun for everybody. Just come on out. Did so okay, maybe we'll just end the episode. But what I heard was that 
they did that because Christopher Nolan had a deal with WB and then like it all changed. And so they're like, you know what? We're going to release Barbie on the same day as your movie. But then for whatever reason, like fate brought it all back together and it, both movies did. Is this false? Yes. So he lost a ton of money on Tenet. Yeah, uh, it was a two hundred million dollar movie that flopped, which is amazing. Though. Like Tenet's terrific. It's a good movie, it's actually. Fantastic! Yeah. It's fantastic. It's the last time you're going to see a jumbo jet get crashed into a building <laughs> and blow the hell up. And it actually <laughs> happened. And it was because crazy action on no a CGI on a crazy level. Again, like we have to. The reason I brought this like thing too was just to talk about movies. Also, like uh, Quentin Tarantino just made it a movie in L.A. that was the most L.A. movie ever. Once upon a uh, time, Hollywood. It was awesome. Yeah, uh, I was really there with good. my car they had to tell me get out of the way you're in the shot <laughs> and i was like i'm here i'm gonna stay here for the rest of the shoot uh but these are the last few dudes doing non-cgi movies it's an art that's gonna get lost here in a, in a few years yeah. and uh, so thank you thank nolan thank you you're, yeah you're forgetting wes anderson Oh man, great movie! Yeah, whoa. I haven't seen Asteroid City. I've heard mixed reviews, but uh, I, I'm looking forward I, to seeing I it. I need to see it a second time. Okay. I, I, How do you guys find the time to watch all this shit? Movie Pass. It's, it's, yeah, right. that's yeah. <laughs> it's also just an hour. Make it a priority. Two. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, on that note, because uh, John complained about movies, I'm going to go yeah. watch one right now. So again, yeah. I got to pee. Yeah, David, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Appreciate you guys. It's fun. Can't wait to come back. We're going to go live stream Oppenheimer. So three hours yeah. live stream on our YouTube channel. Go yeah. subscribe. Yeah.